Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we get in the Word of God, talk about it. And today we resume our series on why are young people walking away from the faith or why does anyone walk away from the faith? It's not. It's nothing new. These are all principles taught in the Bible. And if we violate principles taught in the Bible, no matter what generation we're living in, no matter what time frame we're living in, we're going to be... Uh, we're, we're going to fall away from the faith. You can't violate what Scripture teaches. It's it's timeless. It's changeless. And this ancient book that we read here every day still is alive today, and it's the best book. It's the best advice. It's the best information because it's God's Word. It's not just the words of men. It's God's Word. And so we want to look today at what is it that I think is the number one reason young people are walking away from the faith, or anybody. And that has to, and remember, when I say the number one reason, kind of our theme in this series is there's two reasons a person rejects God's truth. One is the reason that sounds good, and the other is the real reason. I encounter students every day on campus who tell me they grew up Christian in a Christian home. Many of them went to a Christian school. Many of them, it seems like they're from a good family, but they've walked away from the faith. They deny the faith. They don't even believe, many cases, don't even believe in God any longer. And there are people who, the, the you know, you wonder why. And you ask them, I ask them, and they tell, oh, evolution, or the Bible's been disproven, or there's contradictions or errors in the Bible. Now, I will say that this is probably what they truly believe, but rarely is it the real problem. It's almost always something deeper. There's the real reason. You see, the reason that sounds good makes them sound smart, intellectual, better than you, above you, superior to you. The real reason makes them, uh, uh, exposes them as someone who has fallen into sin. Last week, we talked about bitterness, choosing wrong friends, poor educa- uh, secular education, etc. But today, I wanted to talk about what I think is the number one reason the number one reason that people end up turning away from God and his truth, and that is sexual immorality. We live in a sex-saturated culture, maybe unlike any time in the history of the world with all the access to internet pornography. And, And there's people who are, with young people today, all of us, are facing temptation unlike any period in the history of the world. And I dare say it is devastating the church. You look around the church, you look around your church, and if your church is lacking in young people, I can almost guarantee you this is the number one reason why. And I'd also say that if there's young people sitting in there in your church, they're facing temptation that's extreme in this area. Many of them are defeated and they come to church too. My guess is you're facing temptation, maybe your pastor, because it's there is this lure of the flesh. Look at what Peter says in second in first Peter chapter two. He says, Beloved, I urge you, I exhort you, I implore you, I I as strongly as I can say, I urge you, as aliens and strangers, in other words, we're heavenly creatures, we're heavenly citizens, not just earthly, as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against your soul. Sometimes I, what a powerful verse, war. You know, Israel right now is at war with Hamas in Gaza. And you see pictures on the, you see the video on the screen 
of bombs dropping on these buildings. You see, you know, we, we heard mostly, we didn't see what Hamas did to the Jewish people, how they slaughtered them on October 7th. But we're seeing all this video footage of dropping bombs on buildings in Gaza. And dare I say, I would hate to be in Gaza right now, and I would have hated to be outside of Gaza on October 7th if I was in one of those Jewish kibbutzes or villages. That's war. That's brutal. That's deadly. That's 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 evil. It's demonic. But that's what fleshly lust do to you. It's like the sexual temptations, the tempta- the fleshly lust that we are tempted with. Just imagine, it's like the, the evil one is dropping those bombs on you. It's like he's wanting to sneak out and slaughter you. And this is, and you've got to take, what am I saying? We've got to take this seriously because those who don't take this seriously end up becoming casualties. Indeed, perhaps Israel did not take the threat of Hamas seriously on October 6th, and they were slaughtered on October 7th. And maybe Hamas did not take into account the possibility that Israel would respond the way they have, and now they're being slaughtered now by these bombs. And my thing is to talk about you not being slaughtered, you not being uh, the victim of, of fleshly attack, of our spiritual enemy taking advantage of our weaknesses and exploiting our fleshly weaknesses so that we become a casualty or that you or your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, others become casualties in the spiritual war. When I'm on campus and I I ask students who are atheists, I, I often ask them this question. I said, did you ever believe in God? And they'd usually say, well, at one point I thought I did. And I, I simply say, what happened? What? How old were you? That's almost always 13, 14, 15. What happened? And they'd say, they'd say, well, I began to think for myself or something of this nature. You know, to, Again, the reason that sounds good, I became smart, intelligent, and so forth. But I ask him, I began to ask him, okay, I'll just be straightforward and sometimes be blunt. And I say, uh, when did you start engaging in sexual morality? When did you start looking at pornography? When did you become addicted to porn? I'll just ask him, assuming they are. They usually grin and say, well, that's kind of personal. And I say, yeah, but you know, I mean, you do it, don't you? And they'll tell me, and you know what? It's about the same time, almost always. It's within a year or two of when they say they, they said there's no God and when they became involved in sexual immorality. And what happens? It's like they're, they're raised to, over here to believe certain things are right and wrong. And yet they are tempted with and give into the temptation, begin to practice something over here that's the opposite of what's right. And I tell them that, they're, that basically they have a choice to make. Either they adjust their behavior to line up with what they believe to be true from God, or they will adjust what they believe to be true to line up and support and defend their behavior. More and more young people today, more and more older people, more and more people are so captured by the the lure of sexual immorality that they adjust what they believe about God what they believe about what's right, what they believe about what's wrong. They justify themselves, and in the justification, you know, they, they are susceptible to arguments against the Bible. They're susceptible to criticism of the Bible. They readily accept it. Why? Because they want to reject the Bible to set to, in order to do what they want 
in terms of fleshly lusts. Be careful. This is the number one reason. I'm convinced I see it nearly every single day. So I want to talk for a moment about a person in the book of Proverbs. Remember, Proverbs was written from wise man, King Solomon, to his son, to help his son be wise and to avoid the pitfalls of life, to be successful in life. In Proverbs 7, he, he writes about a young man who is naive. I'll just read portions of it here. I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing through the streets near her corner, and he takes the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness. This was the what the Bible calls the strange woman, the harlot, the woman who had, had no moral standing and who would want to seduce him and gain uh, advantage because of that. And so what does this naive person do? What does this guy lacking sense do? He makes opportunity. He, he, he lurks around her house. He passes by the morning, the evening, the twilight, the middle of the night. He just goes by. He, he doesn't avoid temptation. He kind of says, oh, I can, I can lurk around. How many young men in our day lurk around uh, porn sites? Say, I'm not going to really give in to it, but they, they lurk around it. Or they go clubbing, or they go to a bar, or they go someplace where people, where they could pick someone up. So, oh, I'm not going to do something. And yet they lurk around. They provide opportunity. They make provision for the flesh. This man lacks sense. What happened to him? Suddenly, he, she came out and she began to talk to him, began to entice him. Suddenly, he follows her as an ox led to slaughter. He does not know that it will cost him his life. And he gives this advice. Do not let your heart turn aside to her, her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many are the victims she's cast down, and numerous are all her slain. Her house is the way to Sheol or to the grave, descending to the chambers of death. Proverbs chapter 7. My friends, listen. Fleshly lust wage war against your soul. By the way, this is not to put all the blame on the woman because the guy was making way and the woman was making way and they both were seeking out what they should not do. They were giving into the temptation and it cost them everything. He was like, a, a, like an ox led to slaughter. And indeed on the campus today, every day, I encounter young people who've been like the ox led to slaughter and they become addicted to pornography, addicted to to sexual uh, immorality, addicted to, to grotesque, degrading passions, addicted to the LGBTQ, addicted to all kinds of sexual lust, and it deadens their soul. It deadens their soul. Their soul, their capacity to love God and draw near to God, it just becomes diminished and weak and non-existent. They become reclusive, isolated, and even in the midst of all their seeking connection with others, they're not getting real connection. It's so biological only. It's so physical only that their capacity even to love and, and be loved and to communicate and relate is killed. It's killed. I remember one young lady at North Carolina State University years ago, and she was arguing that God's okay with us having premarital sex because we get married later than we used to get married. And so he understands that it's okay now. And I argued with her, I said, no, it's not. 
and and I explained to her, and you know, she evidently took it to to heart because when I saw her a few months later when I was back on the campus, she was there waiting for me, and she asked if I remember, and I I did, and I said how it's going. She said, well, my boyfriend and I aren't having sex anymore. I said, really? She said, no, we listened to what you said, and we decide not to do it till we get married. I said, are you glad you do it? And she said, We're, I'm really glad. I said, why? She said, because now we talk to one another. That's right. She's, she discovered that the soul, that, that fleshly lust not only waged war against the soul in relation to God, but even our relation to one another. And once they got, the, got this right in their life, they started talking to one another. I imagine now she's happily married to this fellow. Folks, we, we need to win this battle. And, and I urge you, I urge you to fight hard. I urge you to realize you're in a battle. Picture yourself being in that battle over in Hamas and Israel and Gaza and all this now. Picture yourself, you better fight for your survival. Because if you lose on this one, you're likely to deny God and walk away from God. You're likely to do that. Now, Scripture, how do you win? 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lust, run from them. It's like if you knew those attackers were coming, you would flee. You, you probably saw video of people fleeing across the field, running from those Hamas attackers. Flee immorality. You, if you're tempted, flee. Internet porn, flee. Get away from it. Hate it. Realize that this sexual sin is destructive. It wants to take you like an ox to slaughter. Flee youthful lust. But that's not enough just to run. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Get with good fellowship. Get with others who have high standards of of moral truth in their lives. Get with others who are living a life of purity. They're out there. Find them. They are out there. If in your church, uh, all the young people are engaging in pornography and they're not serious about it, or they're engaging in fornication and they're not serious about overcome, find a new church. Find a fellowship of people who are serious about walking with God. Parents, talk to your kids about this. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but you better believe if you're not talking to them, they're talking to someone else about it. They're talking to someone else about it. Someone else has their ear. Don't think otherwise. Do this. Let's win this battle. Let's win our youth. If you have stumbled in this area, if you have failed in this area, I urge you must repent. I would encourage you to go read Psalm 51. This is what David wrote when David had sinned with Bathsheba and he repented of it. And he said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. He came to God in humble repentance and found forgiveness, salvation, and power, power to live a godly life. We have it, my friends. As Christians, we have the power of God. Don't think otherwise. You can walk in victory. You can overcome. You need to if you want to be mighty for God. Don't get defeated here. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. We thank you for the power of the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. We thank you that sin shall not be our master. Lord, I pray today for people we know who have fallen away from the faith and rejected the faith. And we also, Lord, they're just caught up in sexual addictions and they're filling their soul, their their soul's deadened. They're filling their life with, with sexual lust and pleasures. 
Oh God, bring them to repentance. Awaken their conscience. Open their eyes. Have mercy upon them, we pray. Bring them back to yourself. Protect each one of us, Lord, who come on this live stream. Protect us, our children, our grandchildren, our pastors, our spouses. Protect them from this scourge that is so easy to fall into. The trap is everywhere today, Lord. The trap is everywhere. It's so easy to fall into it. Help us, Lord, to, we pray for protection. Have mercy on those who've fallen into sin. Help us, Lord, to rescue them. We pray these things and bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, folks. Hey, I'll be preaching today at Florida State University. I appreciate your prayers. And I'm sure I'll run into people like this today on this campus of Florida State. Pray that God gives wisdom, power, and strength to help people understand where they're at and repent and come to Jesus. Amen. And Christians be strengthened, encouraged. And again, I stress with you, this is a heavy message today. We've been talking the last two weeks why people leave the faith. And this might strike some fear in your heart because you've been giving into some temptation. Good. Good. Because we don't want to be like that Proverbs 7 guy who just lurked around and thought he was strong enough to handle it. Turns out he wasn't. I pray that you'll flee temptation as well. Be strong and mighty in the Lord. And again, if you've fallen, Psalm 51 is for you. Recover. Get back on your feet. Claim the blood of Christ, the love of God. Get back on your feet and let's win this battle. Amen. God bless you. If you're new, I'm glad you're here. I hope you'll subscribe to our channel. Make a time you're scheduled to join us every day because we're here every day, live at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. But you can watch later in the day or even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I love you guys. And until we meet tomorrow, God bless you. See you then. Bye-bye.